Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of These Are The Valleys. Y'all, I have some news. So as most of y'all know, since most of our audience is in America, a lot of the American church do 21 days of fasting, specifically a Daniel's fast at the beginning of every year in January. I don't know who came up with that rule, but we're going to discuss that shortly. I started taking part on it in January 2nd. Uh, January 1st was a rough day for me. We're not going to talk about that. But January 2nd, I started hopping in on the fast and I even modified the fast to my liking where I was doing Daniel's fast on even days and on odd days, I was just doing an intermittent fast of not eating between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. But after 6 p.m., I could eat what I wanted. So I've just been doing that back and forth, back and forth. And this has been, if I'm being completely honest, the least happy that I've ever been doing a fast. I mean, fasting is not like the most enjoyable thing in the world. But if you were to ask me last year, I would tell you I love fasting. I love to fast. I love the feeling of closeness with God. I love the extra prayer and devotional time. I love feeling disciplined and strong-willed at the end of the fast. Like, I just love everything about fasting. And I can honestly say I was not experiencing that this time. I was really having an internal cognitive dissonance, an internal conflict about whether or not I should continue doing the fast because I literally was not enjoying it at all, at all, y'all. I was almost resentful of the fact that I couldn't eat what I wanted to eat. Um, I didn't want to have extra prayer time. I didn't want to get in my word extra time. Um, And I always say a fast without prayer and your word is a diet. There is no difference other than increased prayer and Bible time. And if you're not doing that, you are just on a diet. There is nothing different. And here I am finding myself in that scenario that I would constantly talk about where I felt as though I was dieting. If you've ever tried to diet, maybe you've experienced similar emotions of feeling resentful of your diet. Like, oh, I can't eat this because I'm just trying to lose weight and it's just so hard. I don't know why I can't eat what everybody else eats. Nobody else is getting weight except me, blah, blah, blah. You know, all those like really, really frustrating feelings I was feeling. And this is very new for me. This is the first time I've ever fasted and truly felt like I don't want to do this. So to unpack that even a little further, this was not something God asked of me. This was something I did because I felt like I should. Does that make sense? Because all these other churches are doing Daniel's fast and 21 day fasting and fasting in January. And someone even said like, oh, when you fast in January, it's like giving God your first fruits of your year. Beautiful notion, but that's not biblical. I, I don't see anywhere in the word where God asks us to fast in the beginning of the year to give him the first fruit of our year. I don't see that. You know, and I get I get what the the pastor was trying to convey and I'm not knocking him at all for saying that. But what I'm getting at is my own intention behind fasting this time. 
It was not for me to genuinely get closer to God. It was not because I wanted to, um, you know, starve the flesh, increase the spirit. It was not because I realized I need more prayer and devotional time. It was simply because I felt like as a Christian, that's what I should do. And this is where I found myself in a bad place. Okay. So I would just like to start off with my first point saying that God is not pleased with routine and routine just for routine's sake. He's not pleased with that. I was Bible studying on Monday for, you know, our women's Bible study. Y'all know about that already. Isaiah 58 came up and I started reading through it. And of course, that whole heading is called true fasting for that chapter. And to make a long story short, God was getting onto people. Because they were saying that they were fasting. They thought they were doing the right thing, but their hearts were far from God. Their actions were no different than any other day. They were not keeping his Sabbath. They were exploiting their workers. They were arguing with people. They were in strife. They were fighting and striking each other with their fists. They were not humbling self, humbling themselves before God. They were not serving his people. And that is what fasting is about. And it just really hit home for me because I... I had been walking through something similar. I wasn't striking anybody with my fist and I don't have any workers to exploit. But the principle remained the same. It looked like a regular day for me, except I'm just sad and hungry. <laughs> like, And if that's what fasting is looking like for you, maybe you ought to look inwardly and get to the bottom of why you're fasting in the first place. I know that fasting is not an enjoyable experience for everyone, but I know for me, myself, I previously would greatly enjoy fasting and all of a sudden didn't like it. So I knew for me, I had to change what I was doing, which led me to quitting my Daniel's fast or my 21 day fast on day like 14, 15. Another thing that I had to realize was that I was trying to make it to the end of the fast just for making it to the end of the fast sake, just for the sake of completion and to have this achievement and accomplishment. Like, yay, I did it. I made it to the end. But I really had to wrestle with myself and just say, why is that important? If the person, the entity that you are supposedly doing this for is not pleased with the fact that you're just doing it and it's a regular day for you, why, what, what is there to be proud of? You're starving yourself for no reason. And so I just really had to look at my motives, look at my heart posture. With that being said, it leads me into my second point, which is that if your heart is not in it, it means nothing to God. If your heart is not in it, it means nothing to God. I think a lot of times we can get caught up in these things that are Christian demonstrations of faith that we have made up, first of all. Um, And we lose sight of the fact that the thing that God wants most is a heart of worship. Whether or not you're playing worship music for 20 out of 24 hours a day, if your heart never connects with him, it means nothing. You're singing a song. You might as well turn up the Meg. You might as well turn up the thug because it's it's doing the same thing for you. You know what I mean? Like you're not, your heart is not getting to a place of worship. And that's what God wants most. He wants our heart. Um, I thought of 2 Corinthians 9, 7, where um, 
it says each person should give, I'm summarizing, you know, paraphrasing. Each person should give according to what they have decided in their heart, not reluctantly or hesitantly, for God loves a cheerful giver. They used to teach this in a Sunday school growing up and, you know, just encourage us to just be happy when we give to God. And of course, you know, as children, we're just like, okay, so what I'm supposed to smile when I give you the dollar that my mama gave me before I got to service. Okay. So, you know, it, it was missing. I was missing it. I was missing it as a kid, but I understand now that it's about that heart posture, right? If you're going to do something for God, if you're going to give God something, if you're going to give God your time, your energy, your food, your resources, whatever it is, if your heart is missing from that and you're upset and resentful while doing that, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. You might as well keep that money. You might as well eat that food. You might as well save that time because it's not doing anything if your heart is not in it. And when I really sat with that, it led to change for me. It led to change. So yeah, y'all give God what he desires most, like your heart. Sometimes when I think about David, I think about how he was really one of God's favorites. Like, (laughs) I know we'd be saying God's favorites, but for real, for real, go read that story of David. He was one of God's favorites, no cap. And um, it's because God called him a man after his own heart. David's heart was after God's heart. And it's that heart to heart connection that God is looking for with each and every one of us, not just David. He's looking for people with a willing heart. He's looking for people that are pure in heart. Right. Because that is what he looks at. The word also says for man looks at outside appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This can even apply to when you look like you're doing something noble. I had the nerve to sit here and tell people, oh, no, I'm fasting. I can't eat that. Oh, no, I'm fasting. I can't drink with y'all. Blah, blah, blah. People like, oh, okay, good for you. Meanwhile, my heart is far from God. This is why it is so important that you remember that God is looking at your inside, not your outside. It's so important that we remember that. In regards to how we judge other people, how we look at other people, but also how we look at ourselves. God and you are the only ones that know what that inside is looking like. So before you sit up and play holier than thou, like I was doing, hello, Jasmine, check him, Jasmine. <laughs> like I was doing, make sure that you really analyze the motives of your heart and see where that heart posture is really sitting at. Because if, if you're not in it, man, I can't stress this enough. If your heart is not truly in it, your heart is not truly turned toward God. All of it is for naught. All of it means nothing. So my last little advice, my last little piece of words and the actionable item, if you find yourself relating very heavily with what I'm saying and you want to do something about it, first of all, repent. Apologize to God. You just be like, you know what, God, I'm sorry for trying to play you like a fool. Like you, you don't know what my insides look like, Right. I'm sorry for trying to play this Christian game and fake my way into righteousness, into your kingdom, into holiness, into sanctification, whatever it is. Then be honest with God. Why, why are you repenting? For me, it was, I feel like a fake because I'm sitting here trying to fast, but I'm not really trying to fast for real, for real. I'm only doing it because somebody else told me to do it and it seemed like the right thing to do, but This is a man-made tradition, right? Um, And then lastly, ask God how you can move forward. Like, okay, God, I know you're not mad at me. I know you're a God of grace, which is really hard to accept sometimes. So I want y'all to ask God how you can move forward with him. Rebuild that communion and that connection because that's the part that matters the most. 
and just give it some time. Give it some time and walk that walk. Yeah, y'all, that's basically it. I was very transparent today. If y'all want to like, you know, stone me or something like that, like he who is without sin cast the first stone, okay? Um, but yeah, hopefully some of y'all can relate. Well, actually, hopefully not. I hope all of y'all are fasting with the heart posture correct. But if you find yourself in this boat, uh, you have found your people. I have found my tribe. But yeah, y'all, I will talk to y'all next week. God willing, we all make it, okay? I don't know what it looks like from the mountaintop just yet. But for now, these are the valleys. Bye.